Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, and uh, we're happy to have you here today. We've got a lot to cover. And uh, today we're going to be covering some uh, really important topics for people that are considering adoption. Um, And anybody you know that is trying to adopt, wants to adopt, would really enjoy this program because there'll be lots of information for them too. Uh, The first thing I'd like to do also is remind you to sign up for our weekly email show and reminder on our website which is letstalkadoption.com. You can go to the site, it's on the left hand side and click on that free reminder and it's free and it's easy and we'll send you weekly reminders on the shows coming up. You'll also find other resources and links to help you as well. Well this is something I've wanted to discuss for a long time. Today we have a guest with us that uh, works with adoptive parents and birth parents nationwide. Uh, Heather Featherston is a family coordinator uh, um, and she is the senior coordinator that works with families uh, with lifetime adoption. And she sees a lot of what families do right and what they do wrong. And um, we've come up with a nice list of um, 10 things that are really important that every family should know before they adopt that I think would really help a lot of people um, that are considering adoption. And you know that um, three out of five people are touched by adoption with infertility on the rise. More and more people are turning to adoption to build their families. So we're going to discuss this. Heather, thank you for coming to the show today. Thank you for having me, Marty. I'm glad to be here. Well, we've got a lot to cover in just a short period of time, but, you know, people are um, wanting to do things right, of course, and they don't know where to start when they first start. A lot of our listeners may be in that that same case right now is, where do I start? What do I do? And what do I need to know about so I don't make mistakes? Absolutely. And that's that's why we've come up with um, a list, a list of the 10 things families need to know as they are beginning to make their decisions about adoption, to evaluate what their options are. Really, you know, things that they need to decide before they kind of take the plunge and start Start with the adoption process wholeheartedly. Well, let's get right into that. Okay. What are some of the things they need to do specifically um, when they first start? The, the top of the list has got to be know who you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, Regarding you know, adoption professionals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need um, an adoption professional. Um, mm-hmm. Most, uh, No matter how you adopt, even through the foster system, you'll be relying on professionals there. And there's a lot of ways you can go about screening your adoption professionals, making sure you're working with good quality people. Probably one of the top ways is ask for and check um, references. You want to talk to past clients. Um, Perhaps you want to talk to attorneys or other adoption professionals who are familiar with the professionals you're choosing. And Mm -hmm. that that can be an adoption agency. Maybe you're uh, choosing um, an adoption center, like a national facilitation center. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter how you're moving forward, ask for references. Also, check the Better Business Bureau. Um, You know, give them a call. Look online. You can uh, check check people's ratings, check what other people have said through the Better Business Bureau. Mm -hmm. And also, with identity theft on the rise, absolutely ask about how secure their facilities are. With an adoption, they're going to have a lot of your personal information. Mm -hmm. They're going to have, you know, your home study. They're going to have your driver's license, a copy of it. They're going to have... Social security numbers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They have a lot of information. And if they don't have a secure facility... Mm Your information is at risk. Yeah, we found out people that actually some professionals have their storage in their garage with the kids' soccer equipment. And you don't don't want that. You want someone that provides, you know, security methods and that that pays attention to Mm -hmm. security and to your personal information. Right. What's the next one, too? 
The next is is for a family to establish an adoption budget. Mm -hmm. Um, Your budget may determine your options. And I know from talking to families that many times when they start talking about adoption, they get sticker shock. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly there are very affordable ways to adopt, such as through the um, FOST Adopt program. Mm -hmm. Which is becoming more difficult, though, but there are some great things. It is. It is becoming more difficult. But if you really want to help children who need help, that oftentimes Mm -hmm. is the best way through being a foster parent with, you know, a goal to adopt. Um, Domestically, internationally, you know, you're probably looking anywhere from 15000 to over 50000 mm-hmm. It's going to depend on the professional you choose. Mm-hmm. It may depend on travel. It may depend on specific needs in your state. For instance, families on the East Coast, it is traditionally more expensive in states like mm-hmm. Massachusetts or New York. Right. Um, and families in places like Kansas oftentimes can adopt more affordably. And that's because the agencies have to, they charge more on the East Coast normally to cover expenses and, and their Absolutely. programs too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go, Marty, mm-hmm. it's key for families to know, mm-hmm. ask what the price includes. You want to know that. And, mm-hmm. and also ask, what am I going to need in addition to this fee? Mm-hmm. Right. So you're prepared and you choose a professional that's going to fit within your budget. So set that budget. But then you've got some good news also about some Absolutely. good things for families to help cut that cost down. Yes, there are more ways than ever to maximize your adoption budget. And that is, that is very important for families to learn about before they adopt, if at all possible. One of them is the federal tax credit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's over $10,000 now, Mm -hmm. and families can take an actual credit to the taxes they owe up to a certain income level of over $10,000 for their adoption expenses. Mm -hmm. Many employers are now also providing um, adoption benefits as part of their benefit package. And that can be, I've talked to families who've had adoption benefit just through one of their employers that was eight and up to $10,000. Right. Mm -hmm. That is money that your employer will either give you ahead of time or reimburse you afterwards. And I'm surprised that some of the smaller companies do it because it's a perk for uh, a benefit for even the uh, employer as a tax benefit. Absolutely. In fact, Mm -hmm. I I talked to a family recently who found out their health insurance has a one-time benefit that was either you can use it for infertility treatments or you can use it for adoption. And see, if you don't ask, you won't know. Absolutely. Yeah. And many mm-hmm. times, once you find out, it may be too late. If you've already started the process, it may be too late. So ask. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways to maximize your adoption budget, consider borrowing. Um, you know, you can get loans. I know there's loans available um, online. Mm-hmm. Uh, AdoptionFinancingInformation.com offers mm-hmm. some loans and grants. That's a, uh, what's that site again? It's AdoptionFinancingInformation.com. It's okay. kind of long, but it kind of spells out mm-hmm. what it is. But, you know, a lot of people aren't afraid to go out and get a loan for a car, but they don't think, they, they always think second about doing it for an adoption, Absolutely. which they can start parenting right away. I mean, we don't want people getting into debt, but... You know, they have to be realistic on what's going to bring the joy because your adoption is going to last a lot longer to your family than your car is going to probably. Absolutely. I encourage families, too, to, you know, consider trying to set up a loan from someone in their family. Many times they find out, again, down the road, Mm -hmm. you know what? Your mom would have been more than happy to loan you the funds you needed to, you know, rather than than getting a loan. So Mm -hmm. so there are options. Other um, kind of homegrown ideas are having fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I know someone here locally who's planning to have a yard sale to raise money for her adoption. She's Mm -hmm. asking her friends, hey, you have any stuff you want to get rid of? Mm -hmm. Bring it to my yard sale. Um, Selling on eBay. Mm -hmm. Um, People can use their credit card miles or points Mm -hmm. for their travel. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it is just planning ahead. 
planning ahead and being creative and not and not saying, oh, I can't do this. It sounds like so much because if you really want to do it, there's ways. And I know that uh, some people actually do fundraisers with their families. Instead of Christmas gifts, they have them yeah. contribute to their adoption to bring their family home Absolutely. and spaghetti feeds and um, sell things they don't need, like you said. One more thing, Marty, I just want to mention. Sometimes families, especially especially when a couple may have waited till later in life, till their career were off the ground, they can borrow against their 401k for adoption. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah, and that's something that's really, many 401ks do allow that. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, you usually can do it for education, things like that, but many can borrow against for adoption. And that's that's wonderful if you are waiting until your career is at a certain place. And then adopt. if you get the employer benefits and the tax yeah. credits are right off the top of the taxes. I mean, I've seen people adopt for just a couple thousand dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If you are creative and put it all down on paper, too. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Um, you know, the next thing families need to know is they need to really sit down and educate themselves and learn which path to adoption they're going mm-hmm. to choose. You know, we talked a little bit about that. We were talking about the, the financial aspect of it. Yeah. Whether it's international or domestic or right. through foster care. Or, mm-hmm. And there's, there's different... Um, different paths. They can cost different. There are also different results. For instance, FOSTADOPT, it is typically low cost or no cost, Mm -hmm. but you may have a longer wait. Mm -hmm. You may be offered many children that are not in your criteria, but you know what? The social workers need homes for these kids. Right. Um, So you have to be prepared, too, that you may have a child in your home for a little bit, and and the the state may push for reunification. Right. You have to have have a strong gut and and be willing to love this child in case they don't stay with you. Mm Absolutely. And you have to go into it with your eyes wide open. Right. Um, Domestically, you know, there's lots of different opportunities for domestic adoption, such as agencies, facilitators, attorneys. You know, there's lots of people that can help you, but it's vital, especially when doing a domestic adoption, to to do your homework, do your reference checks. Mm-hmm. Um, domestic adoption is going to most most people who are coming into domestic adoption are doing so because they want to adopt a healthy. They want baby. an American baby, right? It, I mean, yes. there's all different races, but they don't want to travel or exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they want healthy babies, and they want newborn babies. They want to take those babies home from the hospital, and mm-hmm. that's what private domestic adoption offers. Right, and there's pros and cons on both sides too. Absolutely. Well, there's also a, there's mm-hmm. also the benefits of open adoption. You'll mm-hmm. have the health history, and I know Marty, you've done many shows about open adoption, mm-hmm. so. International adoption, usually families don't have newborns. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you, and, and also mm-hmm. it's going to be closed adoption with limited information. Right, and they limit uh, age restrictions and for oh, singles. Yeah. And, uh, but the good thing, too, is you can adopt more than one. So if you set it up ahead of time, you could travel the country and pick up two children that may be siblings or may not be, but you could do that. So the positive thing, and if you'd like to travel, that's a good way to get your traveling into um, and spending time there in, in the child's country. So there are some positives. But, yeah. but some of them, um, the countries do close open and closed, yeah. and they're usually a little more expensive and international, but but if that's something you really feel, the other thing is sometimes people are worried that birth moms are going to change their mind, so international sometimes will help them, but they don't have a lot of health history. Yeah, and, and you really have to just learn more about it and learn which path feels the best for your family. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've worked with families who already have young children. International is really not a great option for them because mm-hmm. they're going to have to leave their children for weeks. Yeah, sometimes a month, three weeks, two weeks, and go back. Some countries require two visits, too. Yes. So I think choosing that right path is important and deciding at that point, too. Um, what else in part, in part of that, too? Well, you know, families, uh, when they're, when they're going to go ahead and do domestic adoption, they need to understand the differences between adoption professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, attorneys. Some attorneys work as adoption facilitators, meaning they work with the birth mothers and help her match with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, facilitators many times just focus on birth moms and offer um, a lot more services to a birth mom, providing a shorter wait time to families because they focus on just working with birth moms and just make sure you're checking out anybody you want to work with it's just like a hiring a contractor build your home you wouldn't go through a complete background you would go through a big complete background Absolutely. uh if you're wise so you you don't have uh, errors and um heartache later on right and then agencies usually uh when you're going through an agency a birth mother will relinquish her rights to the mm-hmm. agency and the agency will be the one that places the child. Oftentimes agencies are limited. That's kind of one of the negatives about going with an agency. They they um, oftentimes can just work in a county or a Where state. Where they're licensed at home. Yeah, and they, are, um, they can take longer. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's just know who you're going with, talk with references. I would caution families <clears throat> to be careful about working with um, professionals who uh, – are, are more of a kind of referral service in, in regards to... Well, they they're adding two or three fees onto it. Yes. They're, they're just a, a, I want to say brokerage, but they're actually just going and trying to find someone and adding additional fees onto it so that you right. have these stacked fees. Right. They may have a they may have received an email, say, from, a, mm-hmm. from an agency who has a situation, and so then they go and try to shop it out. And mm-hmm. you just want to be really careful that mm-hmm. you know who you're working with, and you know that they are the one working with a birth mother. You want to work yeah. with someone who's going to be working with your... And that we call double dippers or you know they're they're double fee intermediaries and you just want to be careful because I know when we were trying to adopt we wanted to know exactly what the cost is going to be and where we're ending and what the attorney was going to charge and um, and it really helps you have some peace of mind and it can always go a little bit more or a little bit less but at least you have an idea of what to expect and I think that's by reading and getting yourself educated too Absolutely. so working with qualified people that you feel good with don't you agree yeah you know that's the thing you you do have to trust someone you know you've got to trust they're building your family absolutely and you mm-hmm. need to just like when you're adding a room onto your home mm-hmm. you know you you hopefully you meet with more than one contractor you want to find someone you feel comfortable with adoption is the same thing you need to do your homework and you need to be you need to be going with someone that you trust and that you believe is going to help you you know find that child you're looking for yeah well what's number six number six is the wait time mm-hmm. families need to understand that there is going to be a wait. That's so hard in our instant world. I mean, we can go supersize our dinner. <laughs> I know. But we can't drive up and say, you know, give me twins, you know. Um, so how do, you, how do people get through that? Well, they need to, like I say, they need to prepare themselves ahead of time. That is not going to be find a professional, pay a fee, bring home the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't they, happen very often. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. They need to ask. This is, this is part of screening professionals, too. How long is your wait? Mm-hmm. You know, um, at Lifetime here, our wait, you know, we tell families they should anticipate being matched within two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Some even families, just a few months. It depends yeah. on the type of child and what you're open to. Absolutely. Some families match up quicker than others. It just depends. Each path is going to take longer. Mm-hmm. And you just need to know what, you know, what what your expected wait time is. You also need to ask, what do I need to do? What can I do to shorten the wait? Right. And I think, too, people come in with expectations if their friend adopted in two months that they will also. But, you know, God may have that child that's not even, you know, ready to be born right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find, too, that people need to realize that the right child is going to be there. And it could be a few weeks and it could be a year and a half, up to two years. But you need to find out what the average is and then be able to have that, that patience, don't you think? Absolutely. And, and families who are, you know tired of waiting, growing weary of waiting, mm-hmm. need to really, like I say, go back to the adoption professional. What can Ask I them. do? Because yeah. there may be a factor about them that is 
somehow limiting them. Well, we found that too is when we've had uh, people that had like a really, this sounds really kind of bad, but like an outdated haircut where they have a haircut that they look like they're 50 years old when they're only 32. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can really hurt it. And you may need a new hairdo anyway. Uh, Or the other thing is that the husband has, uh, I write this in my book, my Adopting Online book, Larry's Scary Beard. He had a beard. You couldn't see a smile. And I asked him to shave his beard, and, uh, you know, uh, it made a huge difference. They got matched, and he could, I said, grow up back the next day. But he hadn't had, he had not been beardless for 15 years, so yeah. it was and kind that, of. There are definitely factors. Another factor is family's preferences. Yeah. Many times families come to us saying, you know, I only want a little girl who's between one and two years old. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's, That's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. That is. Especially if, you have, if you're not open to race and things. Well, Heather, I want, I, we have a lot more to share, but I want to take a real quick break here for a commercial break. And we come back, we're going to share more about the 10 things every adoptive family must know before they adopt with Heather Featherston, um, adoption coordinator and uh, professional working with a lot of adoptive parents and birth parents. We'll be right back. God has a plan for each of us. Sometimes we simply aren't sure what that is. Many Christian families are struggling today with infertility and pregnancy loss and feel forgotten as to God's plan for their lives. Is God trying to convey His plan to you? Perhaps He is trying to lead you to another path for building your family. Christian families are being built every day through the miracle of adoption. There is hope and there's a child for you. Visit LifetimeAdoption.org or call 530-432-7373 to learn more about welcoming a baby into your heart through adoption. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm your host, Marty Caldwell. And today, if you've just joined the program, we're talking about the 10 important things every adoptive family must know before they adopt. And so this is important for a lot of people. And uh, we have a lot to cover. Uh, Heather Featherston is our guest today, and she works with adoptive parents and uh, birth parents, um, has been for quite a few years now uh, with a Lifetime Adoption Center. And um, we're going to share some more. of them. Before we left, I'm going to recap some of the things we talked about. Uh, one of the 10 things, the first one is know who you're working with and then we talked about setting your adoption budget uh, number three maximizing your adoption budget four choosing an ad- or the right adoption path for you five know the differences between um, you know adoption facilitators agencies attorneys um, that type of thing and what their requirements are and then um, you know the next one too is about the wait time and that's where we kind of you know we, we, we left off Heather um, about that the wait time um, you know, it can be different for different people, but people really are kind of concerned with that. You know, I think the big thing is don't give up. That's why I always tell people. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And that, that is so true. And, and so true, we hear that from families. We hear from families who, who may have had a very difficult time with the wait. In fact, we got an email like this just last week um, from, from one of our adopted moms who was sharing photos of little girls she adopted. She was really having a rough time with the wait, but she says now, you know, you were so right. It was all worth it. This is mm-hmm. our baby. Oh, so many times we hear that, yeah. And if, if they would have adopted sooner, it may not have been their baby. Mm-hmm. Or it might have fallen through or they've had hard Right, so you can't, and it really yeah. is about, Marty, it's about the one God has for you. It's, mm-hmm. it's the right one. It only right. takes one. But, you know, the right one for your family is the one that's going to and you have to wait for it. You know, the next one's a very important one. We could do a whole show, which we have done on this one. <laughs> What's number seven? How can families spot red flags when working with a birth mother? Now, this applies 
really to families who are going through a domestic adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat open. Um, and, Though and international has some scams, but normally with you know unscrupulous uh, people posing as adoption professionals. Exactly, yeah. and yeah, that's, so. that that gets back. I want to make sure you put that in there. About. Yeah. But um, but yeah, usually um, a, a birth parent. There's you know we've all seen the, the shows recently that that uh, show birth parents who are trying mm-hmm. to take advantage of or adoptive people. Families. Yeah, posing as a huh. Mm-hmm. But you know that's one of the reasons you really want to have an adoption professional who can tell you how they screen birth moms. Um, you want someone who requires certain things of birth mothers. Birth mothers, for instance, in our program, they have to do they have to jump through some hoops mm-hmm. um, before we present them to to a family because we don't you know we don't want to put our families at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we work with every birth mother just you know giving her personalized service, but we need to be sure that we're also protecting our families, um, both their their emotions and their budgets. Right. Um, so you know. Some some red flags to watch for is perhaps when a birth mother, all she wants to talk about is money. Right. Um, perhaps she may be making threats, like if you don't Makes do you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't do this, I won't give you my baby. Or I'll have an abortion, and we've heard that too. Yeah. Absolutely. Or she calls you by the wrong name. Mm-hmm. Another and, and adopted person. And that's not, person. you know, once or twice, but, no. but that yeah. can be an indication that she's talking to other people. Right. And I think that's why you have someone else. It's like doing your own brain surgery. You can't do your own brain surgery. You can't really do your own adoption without the help of a really qualified adoption professional, if not more than one. You know, uh, like a, if your facilitator's allowed in your state with maybe an attorney or an agency and a facilitator, um, because it is, it, I find that it's very difficult to be discerning um, on your own. Well, and that's because you have, your your heart's involved, your emotions right. are involved. You want mm-hmm. to believe this that is she's true. a potential situation and yeah. that this is your baby. And so, you know, but, I've talked to many families who have, you know, they've done something, they've sent money, they've, mm-hmm. they've done something, and they had a bad feeling in their gut, but that they... wasn't right, didn't know. They didn't know. They well, wanted to try. So that leads me into the eighth one about expectations of birth mothers. I mean, Absolutely. tell us about that. Well, you know, I, I hear from families, you know, well, what, what should we expect from a birth mother? What's reasonable? One is honesty. You know, you mm-hmm. you should expect your birth mother will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It is not too much to expect honesty. Now, certainly, we all get into situations where we, we may be a little embarrassed about our current situation. Or how we got there, right. Or how we got there. And, you know, they may be a little more... Um, ready to tell an adoption professional than you themselves. But as long as their, you know, their story is consistent, they're being honest, that is reasonable to expect. Mm-hmm. Families really need to understand that birth mothers are not in perfect situations. Right. You know, they're not all 16 years old. And they don't from, always make their appointments when they say they're going to. If they <laughs> tell you they can call at 2 o'clock, it may be 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock or the yeah. next day. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are living in, in uh, different circumstances than most adoptive parents. How about not, accepting help? Do, do all of them feel comfortable? I find some don't. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, I. In fact, many of them. I just talked to um, a birth mother over the weekend that said, "No, I don't. Please, I, she's homeless, but she does not want any help." Yeah, that's amazing, and, and that's you know that's it's hard because you want to help them, but you have to respect what they want, and sometimes they need a little food and you know um, right. assistance. But um, yeah, and you need to expect the unexpected. Really, mm-hmm. you need to understand that birth mothers they may seem ambivalent mm-hmm. because they don't know exactly what they're going to do. It's a right. rare birth mother that calls and says, "Okay, going to make an adoption plan. Here's what I want. Yeah. Here's what I need." This Ready is to all go. new to them too. It is. It is new to them. Families also need to expect that when they talk to that birth mother, when they meet her, 
she may feel like part of their family instantly. Yeah. And many families are unprepared for that. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that this is not, you know, this is this is likely a woman that your heart is going to go out for. She yeah. is giving you the greatest gift anyone mm-hmm. ever can. And they may want to be adopted with you. I mean, I've seen that happen too, haven't <laughs> Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Because they, 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 they're so happy their child's going to go to this home, but wish they had brought up been brought up in a home like their Absolutely. child's going to have. Exactly. And, and the birth mother, too, she may seem more emotional, less emotional, you, you need to be prepared for a, a wide array of emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, that may not come. She may seem rather stoic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, keep in mind, chances are she's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. And pregnancy Emotionals. sends hormones and mm-hmm. emo- everything's out of whack. So, you know, just be prepared for the unexpected. That's the, the best advice yeah, I can give good. in regards well, to that. Well, what's number nine then? Number nine is birth father rights. Mm-hmm. That is very important that other people understand that birth fathers do have rights and that there is a process for terminating those rights. And, and attorneys, and we're not attorneys, but attorneys can, you know, we can't give legal advice, but this is just basic stuff that people will know, is that they, um, attorneys in your state will know what's required to terminate the rights of the birth father or Absolutely. birth fathers. Mm-hmm. And every state has different requirements about how those rights are terminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things when we're working with birth moms we really pay attention to is potential birth father issues. Right. You know, if, if, if the birth father's a good guy and he's been there and he really wants this baby, you know... And he has a way to support the child and yeah. really sincere. And adoption's not going to take place. Yeah, and I, I think an adoption's not right for everybody, but you want to look at all those areas, too. How about number 10? I mean, refer. I, mean, I want to make sure we mention, you know, refer. we can refer you or, you know, find a good qualified adoption attorney uh, is right. real key to get those answers, question, right. uh, questions answered. But um, what's number 10? Number 10 is probably the most important thing of all, and that is families need to have, have resolved the issue. Do they truly want a parent or do they truly want to be pregnant? There is a difference between being a mom and being pregnant to become a mom. Yeah. Families need to talk about that. Can you accept a child that not, not came to you through adoption? Can yeah. your family accept that child? Yeah. What if that child doesn't look anything like you? Well, you know, these are all very important things, Heather, and I know there's a lot more, too. I'm going to give you a little plug for the uh, your adoptionteleconference.com site. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a good site. And if anybody has any questions, they can reach you through Lifetime Adoption also. If you want to go ahead and give your number out um, for that, that'd be super. My, my phone number is 530-432-7373. And I'm happy to talk to any family that would like more information about um, adoption in general or adoption through Lifetime. Also, if anyone would prefer to email me, my email address is Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, at LifetimeAdoption.com. Well, thank you so much, Heather. You you have packed in a whole bunch in this half hour. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you, Marty. And thank you so much. And listen, listeners, thank you so much for sending your questions in to me also at info at Let's Talk Adoption. And uh, next week, we will also have another wonderful show for you. So I hope this has been helpful for you. This is Marty Caldwell of Let's Talk Adoption. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.